Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the May 26th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank. If you have not become familiar with Security Federal, you should. They have 17 locations between Columbia, South Carolina, and Columbia County, Georgia, and they are here to serve members of our community who are in need. If you missed last week's show, I would encourage you to listen to it. Uh, we had two representatives of Security Federal come in and talk to us about their financial counseling program. There are a lot of people who need help in managing their finances, and there is no shame in admitting that. If you are a person who has been in debt, uh, if you got some bills that you just can't get beyond uh, credit card debt, student loan debt, things like that, and you have goals of purchasing a home, purchasing a new car, what have you, uh, please go see our friends at Security Federal. If you want to catch last week's show, you can find it on my website. Uh, that is the website of Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. So please do. Uh, this week, we're going to start a two-part series on uh, housing in Augusta. This week's show, uh, my guest is Commissioner from District 2, uh, Dennis Williams. He's going to talk about some of Augusta's efforts to alleviate homelessness. Next week, we'll follow up with uh, Joe Ed who is president of Sherman and Hem Street Realty, and he's going to talk about all of the boom and apartment development and what that could also mean for the development of retail uh, in the downtown Augusta area. Today on Local Matters, I have Commissioner Dennis Williams. Uh, he is in his second term on the Augusta Commission, and I asked him to come today and share with us about a couple of really important topics. Uh, one relates to homelessness in Augusta. Uh, it appears from the numbers that have been presented that homelessness is a growing problem in our community. And he's gonna discuss some of the steps that the city is currently taking to address that situation. Uh, he is also going to address another project that he has very has been very intimately involved with, and that is the Veterans Cemetery project uh, that will be uh, perhaps coming to Augusta in our near future. How are you doing today, Commissioner Williams? Doing fine, ma'am. How are you? I am great. Commissioner Williams, we had the, the pleasure of working with each other for several years. And, and uh, I can say that it that was a pleasure uh, because um, while you were always very interested in what was going on with your constituents, you were also very interested in allowing the staff to do its job. So just want to give you a shout out for that. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as, as we talk uh, with my guests, I always ask our guests to uh, explain a little bit about uh, how they got to where they are. Uh, and in that vein, I would like for our listeners to know a little bit more about you. I mean, what is the uh, reason that you decided to run for office? And tell us a little bit about your career prior to 
uh, deciding that you would uh, put your name in the hat to run for that seat for Commission District 2? Well, well first of all, uh, I came to Augusta in 1980, oh, 1979. I uh, signed out at Eisenhower Army Medical Center. And then after getting at, out of the Army after 12 years, I decided to stay in Augusta, found great opportunity, a great community, great people. And uh, I started working with the, uh, with the uh, VA up in Atlanta, and I stayed there for, for a little while. Then I transferred down to the VA here in Augusta. So most of my professional career has been with the Army and with the Department of Veterans Affairs. I, I've worked all over. I worked at both of the facilities here in Augusta, worked up in Decatur, worked up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I worked twice for the VA in uh, New York. And uh, when I retired, I had to decide on where did I want to live, New York, Milwaukee, or Augusta. So, of course, Augusta had the best weather. So I, I moved back to Augusta and retired here. Um, also, prior to, um, prior to um, working for the VA, I was uh, very active in the local community. I've served as president of the Augusta branch of the NAACP, variety of different boards, planning zoning commission, variety, variety of things in the uh, community. So when I retired, it was about a year or so before election time came up for the commissioner for the second district. So I had some uh, friends here in Augusta that encouraged me to uh, run for public office. I wasn't all that keen on it, but I did run. And fortunately enough, I uh, won twice. And, and I've always been involved in the community, never really had a deep individual desire to do it, but I, I guess I allowed myself to be encouraged. And, and, and I found it to be a rewarding and fun experience. And, you know, I always saw great opportunity here in Augusta. I, I, I think we don't take advantage of it as well as we should, but Augusta has a great opportunity of being a very large, large metropolitan city. It's just that we, our direction sometimes gets a little cloudy. And uh, once I ran, I ran and I found it to be good to be helpful. Okay, all right, very good. Interesting that you say you weren't that crazy about it at first, so, and you allowed yourself to be encouraged. Um, what do you think really was the thing that made you say, hey, I really need to go do this? Well, you look at the governing body in the past and you evaluate that performance, then you evaluate your ability and your performance. And if you feel like I did that I had something to benefit the community or to add to the community, or even to help the community. Because my major goal was, I was crazy about Augusta. My major goal was to highlight the great things about Augusta 
and let other people know how well living is down here in Augusta. Okay. All right. Very good. And with that background as a veteran and as somebody who worked at the VA for a career, um, let's segue into the veteran cemetery topic. Um, you mentioned that you are on a committee that is studying the idea of developing a veteran cemetery here in the Augusta area. Yes, ma'am. It's, it's, um, it had been uh, introduced several years ago, and it kind of died by the wayside. But uh, prior to Commissioner um, Bill Fenord uh, coming off of the commission, he got together with Don Clark and former Mayor Bob Young and uh, got the project started all over again. So basically, when... I was asked to take um, Bill Fenord's spot on the committee. I thought it was a great opportunity for the Augusta community because the vet veteran cemetery can be financially beneficial at the time of death of a, um, of a authorized family family member. So I looked at it from that point of view. Uh, there's been um, one of the, we've done most of the, some of the project and we're trying to get it on the state budget uh, so we can get it into the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs in the state by July the 1st. And we have, we ha the issue was having the land. Now we could get the VA through the state to pay for the construction of the cemetery, but uh, one of the major things that your local uh, people had to do was provide the land. So we had the land out in, out in Gracewood that wasn't fully being used. And so that came on our site. So recently there's been some discussion about maybe it's not the best site. So we're also in the process of looking around to see if there's another site because the major impact would be to have the land free. And then the state will build it and be reimbursed by the Department of Veterans Affairs. And, and I think it's a great opportunity for our community. And it may not appear to be, it's not going to be an attra um, tourist attraction, but it could be an instrument used in evaluating if I, if a person would want to retire in Augusta or live near Augusta, because some veterans really look forward, not look forward, but you know, really would like to be buried in a veteran cemetery. And if we can do that, that would help to improve the image out in the South Augusta area and, and all of that. And plus, we're not looking at using the whole site. So therefore, there still will be room left for, for any type of development that may be able to come out in that area. And like I said, it was it would save veterans' families a great deal of money when it comes time to send that family member off for the final time. Okay. And you mentioned the cost savings to the families. Exactly what would be those? What is the advantage well, of burying your loved one in a, a veteran cemetery? Authorized uh, veterans and, and family members 
would not have to pay the cost of a grave. Uh, they wouldn't have to pay the cost of opening and, and closing a grave. Plus, they'll be closer to their, their relatives here. Also, the uh, state maintained the cemetery, and it would give a few jobs. And, and, and basically, uh, the veteran spouse can also be buried in the same grave with the veteran. So, you know, that saves some money. It's not saving you know, $10,000, but it's saving, saving you a good uh, amount in um, sending your loved one off. All right, great. Thank you. And now we'll talk about another topic that I think affects veterans as well. And that is the topic of homelessness. Unfortunately, we see a number of veterans who become homeless for any number of reasons. And um, obviously, we have a high population of veterans here in Metro Augusta. Um, I took a look at some statistics from last year relative to homelessness, and I saw that there are 468 homeless persons that were estimated in the city of Augusta in 2020. Uh, so that was based upon last year's numbers. Uh, and that number seems to have grown from the previous year and grown from the year before that. So uh, it appears that we are moving in the wrong direction, so to speak, in terms of the number of homeless folks in our area. So uh, I know you've been involved, just like with the Veterans Cemetery issue, you've been involved on a committee with that. I think you've also taken a leadership role on uh, addressing homelessness in Augusta. Can you just talk some about uh, what your role has been and uh, why you think that there's been an increase in the number of homeless here? Well, my, my role on the committee, we have two we have co-chairmen. Uh, the Commissioner Johnson, he's the uh, he's looking at primarily as the short-term goals. And my my responsibility is looking and addressing the long-term goals. And one of the things you were talking about, the increase of the homeless, we want, we're looking at to see how well we can get to an accurate count to determine what's the actual need instead of having four or five shelters here and there taking care of 10, 20 people. My long-term term goal is to look at the possibility of having a centralized shelter and centralized will basically basically means that we will have a sh one facility that the homeless could come to and receive a, a bed for the night hopefully we will be able to house all the agencies that deal with the homeless under one roof that will provide better access to the agency and to the homeless individual we're also looking at uh, ways of storing um, the property of the homeless. You know, there's several areas that use a variety of different means. Uh, one area I saw on the news, they have these large trash cans, like uh, city trash cans with locks on them. That way, a veteran don't have to carry around two and three suitcases all day. And, 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 and it would improve the image of the area. But basically, 
I'm looking at the long-term goals, how we can help them, even eventually maybe having some type of work program that would give a homeless person an opportunity to make a few dollars with working through the system. But of course, all of this has to be you know, proven and, and budgeted. Because see, we, we have this healthy homeless people out there. And if you give them an opportunity of having some type of job, I'm not saying no job at the, at the mill or Savannah Riverside, just a job within the local government and helping to keep the community clean. You know, it takes very little to get a broom and sweep the curb. But these are the things that will help motivate the homeless to do, well, to do a little bit better in a sense. So these are the, that's one of the things I'm looking at. And if we can get all the agencies that's addressing the homeless to come together and address the homeless as a combined unit, we should be able to improve our services. And we give uh, the local government, give money to local organizations to help the homeless and all that. And that money is spread thin. So if all the homeless money comes to one centralized uh, facility, we may be able to do a much better job in caring for them. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a bad feeling to see people out on the street all time of day and night wondering where they're going to when all they're doing is walking, turn around and walking back. And currently our, our shelters have a time that you have to get out in the morning. And with our centralized shelter, we want to try to fix it or make it where if that veteran has nowhere to go, there's a place for him or her in the shelter. You, you know, if I have to get up six o'clock and you put me out and I don't have nothing to do, so I'm just roaming the streets and panhandling during the day. And I think that if we had a centralized area and a centralized body of organizations that's working together for the homeless, if I let's say, for example, if I'm homeless and I come into the shelter and I have a mental health issue, it'll be an organizational member there that will be able to address my need. And that individual will be closer than just like you have to go out on the street or you have to find something to do until you, you know, you can get an appointment with mental health. Glad you mentioned uh, mental health. Um, because a lot of times, um, I mean, as, as recently as less than 24 hours ago, I was uh, near the uh, Pizza Hut there on 15th Street. And I saw somebody outside that appeared like he was uh, perhaps mentally ill. And um, it is always a question in my mind. It's like, you know, does our community, does our state offer adequate mental health treatment opportunities that would help these folks get off the street and I guess make them also less intimidating to those of us because you know the first time I see somebody's like gosh you know first thought you have is you need to protect yourself so has there been much thought about adding uh, more mental health services the opportunity for more services 
Well, we really haven't extended ourselves that far just yet. But we do know that that is one of the major problems that we have on, on, on the street. And you, you, you interact with a lot of these people, you know, at McDonald's, driving around town, going to the post office. And, and even for an untrained eye, you can tell that there is a problem. And once when they closed Gracewood years ago, that really put a lot of mental health people out on the street and with, and with nobody to help care for them. A lot of individuals are functional, but they need a little guidance and assistance and reassurance in their daily activities. So that's one of the things that we can also provide at the shelter. So, uh, and, and that's very helpful because I think that is the root cause of a lot of issues um, is that folks are just not in their right mind and they need help to, to get there. Yeah. Um, it, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's something that you can tell just talking to them a lot of times. You know, there's always some down by my tobacco store I go to. And, you know, the guy, he asks for $5 every time, you know, I see him. So you, you, a lot of these people do have problems, uh, and we as the government and as fellow citizens have a responsibility of doing our best in, in providing them an opportunity. Right, right. Centralized effort. Are there many other organizations that are involved? I know you mentioned some of the other nonprofit organizations. Um, have they all kind of come to the table to work with the city to uh, advance uh, our response to homelessness? Yes, ma'am. Uh, several organizations have come to the front end of our committee with uh, Commissioner Johnson. And a lot of, there's a lot of um, uh, co cooperation been extended by these organizations. And, and we just have to be careful that, that our, that, that we're, we keep our mind focused on the main thing. Main thing is helping the homeless and trying to do it in a centralized way. Once the program hasn't, this program hasn't been approved by the commission yet or even presented, we're trying to complete the package and present it as a total project. And, uh, but there's people out there, other departments in the government has been uh, helpful the Sheriff's Department, uh, Parks and Recreation, a lot of organizations within the government has extended their cooperation and assistance. Okay, that's excellent. That is absolutely excellent. And uh, why is this an issue that you become passionate about? Well, it's gonna sound a little foolish, but it's like any time I go down to the post office, and somebody's panhandling. You can't give money to everybody, but I feel so guilty when I don't. You know, the Bible says it may be the Lord, God coming to see you that day, and you, you treat them un, you know, unkindly. So, you know, I, and plus I look at me, if I was homeless, I, I'll have a hard time adjusting. I'll be a mental problem, you know. So 
I, I, fear, I feel for these people. And in our society today, we can't do like people did years ago. Just take people into their house, bring them over to eat, and, and all of this because our society has a different attitude nowadays. So we have to find some way of expressing our, our humanity and kindness in a central manner, I guess is a good way of putting it. You know, I think that's a good point. You know, I I similarly like you. A lot of times they'll ask for something, and I'll feel guilty if I don't give it to them. Um, I have got to the point now where I don't carry cash an awful lot. You know, I'm a debit card, and I'm gone. Um, but there have been some times where I've seen somebody they asked me for something, and uh, I gave it. to them because I was just sort of thinking one of them remember said I need to go to the drugstore to get my medication and I started thinking you know if this lady does not get her medication today uh, it may result in an emergency situation with yeah. the sheriff's office and EMS and everybody else being called that's true so I was thinking that my 10 or 15 dollar investment I think she said that was her copay I was thinking that my 10 or 15 dollar investment could have saved the taxpayers of Augusta a ton of money, you yeah. know, save several thousand dollars uh, if I if, if I gave that to her. So I went ahead and made that decision to, to give it to her. Um, and I, I don't regret it. Hey, that, that, that's true. And, and like you said, you know, it may be the Lord in, in human form asking for that. So I really do try to be hospitable, even a lot of times the agencies will tell you not to, to give money to them. I just sometimes I just have to make an individual decision. Sometimes, you know, there have been times where I decided I didn't want to give, yeah. but a lot, plenty of other times where I decided, hey, let's give this person $5 or $10 or what have you. Because some people have made a racket out of it. Mm -hmm. you know, that too. You could go down certain roads at a certain time, and there's people standing there panhandling, and then you, you go down to another side of town late on that afternoon, they're over there. So, you know, it's one of those things that you have to use. Just be just be satisfied with your judgment. It's like giving your money to the church. Instead of raising cane and want to know where every dime go, just give it to the church and let the church do what they will. Okay. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, as you know, we created Local Matters so that people would have a better understanding of how uh, various issues are being addressed and, and what the role of our local government is. So I appreciate you being with me. Are there any closing comments you'd like to extend, extend to our listening audience? Well, the only thing I would like to say is encourage people to go to the polls on every election. It is so important to go to the polls and vote for the candidates that will do a good job in our community. Don't vote for people. Well, let me put it this way. Don't vote for me because you like me or you know me. Vote for me because you believe that I'm going to do a good job at whatever my task may be assigned. Thank Thanks you, so much for all of the service that you have provided to the Augusta community. 
I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.